sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. I'm Simon Rose. Now it's time for the financial outlook for personal investors. Ross Mole, Investment Director of AJBL, joins me to look at the world of investment, well, from a UK perspective. But of course, we are going to be talking a little bit about the United States, aren't we? But then we, we it's will. massively important for the UK market. Uh, it, it is. And equally, the, the Bank of England faces the same dilemmas as the Federal Reserve, as the US Federal Reserve. So mm. everything that we talk about just as much applies to Governor Andrew Bailey and his team as it does to Chair Jay Powell and, and his team. And the, the issue that the, the Federal Reserve has got, and, and it's some people will say, well, serve them right, got themselves in this position, what do they expect? And some will say, well, you know, they've, they've done their best to keep the plate spinning, but they are where they are, which is, on the face of it, they don't want to raise interest rates because that adds substantially to the US government's borrowing costs, which are substantial given its $28 trillion debt. I think I read somewhere that, you know, every few basis, every percent or something on the on, the, on interest on the 10-year US yield is basically um, NASA's annual budget, $30 billion, yes. which is which is quite a scare, which is just maths. I mean, it's quite a scary proposition, but that's the way it is. Um, so they don't really want to raise interest rates if they can get away with it. Equally, clearly, um, they and markets and investors and economists are nervous about the inflation figures that we're seeing. Mm. And that would, in theory, normally call for interest rate rises on a preemptive basis. You know, normally central bankers yes. didn't, or chances of the exchequer didn't hang around and wait for inflation to get going. They were, they were there. There was, in theory, there to move first. You're trying to but it's not there. up to the chances of the exchequer. It, well, it used course. to be. It used yeah. to be, of course. Nigel Lawson used to be there pulling the trigger, so Jeffrey Howe did. But no, it's now very much down to um, the, the independent central bank. So the Fed is doing this dilemma. Yeah. It's got to, in theory, keep rates low so the U.S. government can afford its interest bills, welfare programs, and investment plans. On the other hand, it may need to start taking interest rates higher to keep inflation under control because that is a monster tax, particularly mm. on the less well-off in society. And we know that inequality is a is a major debate that is ongoing throughout um, uh, society at the moment. And that's a, and equally, from a credibility perspective and from a dollar perspective, you may argue it might want to keep interest rates, you know, start moving interest rates up at some stage, even if the strong dollar policy mm. is clearly an issue that you know uh, U.S. governments <laughs> flip flop around on quite regularly. So it is in a it does have a very difficult balancing act, and I think it comes down to whether you think inflation is, is here for real or not. Well, I was about to say, because both, both the Bank of England and the Fed are currently saying that the, the, the recent spike in inflation is purely transitory and will just vanish. And you can, you can see that argument because we are coming out of lockdowns. We are in a situation where you are seeing supply chain uh, disruption. You are seeing shipping lanes disrupted. You're seeing shortages of semiconductors. You know, you are seeing several things that are causing um, substantial amounts of, 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 of price mm. pressure, but whether it lasts or not, we, we've seen commodity prices go up, for example. So we just don't know whether that's going to last or not. Uh, and you are seeing perhaps the reverse of globalization, which you would expect about to leave higher prices. You're seeing some degree of wage pressure. But e and equally, a lot of those things could ease very quickly. Semiconductor one, perhaps less so. But they could ease very quickly. And at the moment, the wage numbers are being a little bit distorted by the fact that you are seeing a lot of the, the lowest paid jobs being lost because of the pandemic and the recession. You're seeing the furlough scheme still in the base for comparison. So that's so the wage growth numbers do look a little bit strange at the moment. So but again, if you, if you did get a classic inflationary cycle, then you would see commodity prices go up, factory gate prices go up. We're definitely seeing both of those. Consumer prices are going up. The question is, is that sustainable? 
the Fed's even talking about now seeing consumer prices in at six or seven percent briefly. Bank of England saying three percent plus. What you're not seeing it is real wage increases, and that's the final mindset when customers think, consumers think, actually, okay, I'm now used to seeing price increases. I'm going to try and get some wage increases out of it, and and that really would then perhaps start to fuel the flames, which you're not seeing right now. So that's where the Fed and Bank of England can probably feel justified in taking a safety first approach. But also, again, they're a little bit stuck. And if the, if the US Federal Reserve, that you know, the, the, it took the America t- 200 years to accumulate its first trillion dollars of debt, it's taking that figure to 28 trillion in the next, you know, 30 odd, 40 odd. So you know, luckily, the US economy has grown phenomenally in the same time from three to $23 trillion. But it still means that debt to GDP is now 125 to 130%. And if you believe those Reinhardt and Rogo statistics, that once debt to GDP goes over 90, that debt starts to weigh in the economy because of the interest costs, then you're potentially in difficulty. Now, I know that Cameron Reinhardt has now sort of changed to tune a little bit on that 90% statistic, and there was a lot of pushback because a lot of governments bought into that number, went for the austerity plans in the 2010s, and they didn't really help economic growth very much. They may have you know, kept Austrian economists happy and perhaps tried to preserve the soundness of money, but they certainly weren't a vote winner, and they certainly didn't help promote economic growth in the short term. So that debt is there and leaves the Federal Reserve to a degree, you know, cabin, cribbed and confined. So the question then is, how do you, as a government, get your way out of that 28 trillion debt and there are four options, which we'll no doubt come back to talk yeah. about in a second. Okay, Ross, let's just uh, briefly take a pause for that. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose talking to Russ Mould, Investment Director of AJ Bell, about the financial outlook for personal investors. Um, so, Russ, normally uh, we say that the higher the proportion of, of debt that a government has, the less money it's got for other things. The more money, as you say, that's got to be diverted to other resources. But debt in the UK is a little different, isn't it? We've always used to say that even if interest rates went up, that the UK government debt was always pretty long term compared to other it nations' is. debt. And, and but that's that, getting much shorter, isn't it? It is. I mean, that has been one of the UK's major saving graces, uh, but it, it is becoming a little less. So the Bank of England, again, is clearly intervening as best it can with quantitative easing, just as the Fed is in the US. And if you look at the options available to any government or central bank, uh, we'll take on trust that central banks are independent. You can grow your way out of it, which, let's face it, is what we'd all like to see. Um, And that's, to a degree, the argument for public investment and and stimulating private investment. You can default, which, let's face it, there are many countries in the world who've made a a habit of that. Argentina is trying to dance around its latest one. But that is difficult in that it then if you ever want to come back and get people to lend you money, funny enough, they're not quite so keen next time around. And if they do it, it does make it awfully expensive. Uh, and then the third option is inflate your way out of it, which is generally speaking where I think a lot of historians would expect current situation to lead. We're doing a lot of money printing. Uh, you would perhaps in theory expect that in time to, 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 to lead to inflation, providing velocity of money maintained stays constant, which it hasn't done. And the fourth option is the one that nobody really wants to think about, which is start to do a great punch up with somebody. Mm. But that, that has been a way out. That has been a way out in the past, regrettably. So grow, default, inflate, or fight. Um, grow is the one we'd all like. Default is the one nobody wants. Inflate is the one that's hardest to track uh, and, and may therefore be the way out because you end up paying people back in devalued money or, 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 or you start a fight. Um, so where are we now? I, I think we're kind of going down the inflate, the, the inflate path if we can. There are things pushing back on it, whether it is uh, automation, for example, and, and debt itself is inherently deflationary. And I think one of the reasons as well that 
a lot of people are nervous about current financial markets is mm. if, if they do for any reason plummet, um, that would gobble up an awful lot of wealth uh, and take away a lot yes. of money that's been invested in areas that you might not have expected them to have been. But nevertheless, we, that, yeah. is, that perhaps in itself, yeah. deflationary and it's something else that central banks are keen to avoid. Because we should say, I mean, we, we talked a lot in the, in the past about how uh, unproductive the UK economy has been. Um, and the productivity puzzle is one that needs to be solved. But of course, as uh, wages rise, whether this is because of inflation or is actually pushing inflation, one thing companies are likely to do is to automate further, which by and large we think does, you know, helps productivity. And although clearly not necessarily good for those workers and the companies that are uh, perhaps replacing them with mechanization, ultimately for the economy as a whole, it is supposed to be beneficial. And that's one of the long-term pushbacks on the on the inflationary case. I'm sure it's something that central banks will continue to watch. Now, again, the, the Fed is trading carefully because of the effect it's were to have upon financial markets, which you know, you, you can draw a link between the Fed's balance sheet and the S&P 500 and, and draw the chart. You don't have to fill it. You, yes. know, you don't have to play with the scales. It looks pretty good. It uh, doesn't mean it's perfect, but that cheap liquidity is encouraging money to fly. Uh, in the end, people at the moment don't want to own cash necessarily because it's not earning them any money. So they're yes. trying to look for a home for that. I mean, all right, if I buy a share, somebody has to, somebody has to own my cash, right? Because I'm giving them the cash. Yes. So the cash doesn't disappear. So it's a matter of intent and how determined I am to get rid of that money and how happy they are to, 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 to hold it. But a lot of people don't want, want to own cash. Um, and, and the Fed is what, uh, and some markets are nervous if the returns on cash go up, that might make it a relatively more attractive option to owning shares that on the face of it could be said to look very expensive. So the Fed will be trading carefully. Its words last week did cause a wobble. And that's probably why you've had some back, you know, the usual backtracking straight after the meeting. Powell's given, Mr. Powell's given a very cautionary statement to the, to Congress saying, no, we're not in a big rush to raise interest rates. We absolutely promise. Neil Kashgari, the Minneapolis Fed, said, no, no rate rises to 24, mm. move along, nothing to see here. But at the same time, you have had Bullard of the St. Louis Fed talking about 2022 and Bostic of the Atlanta Fed talking about 2022. So I think whereas rates and loose policy has been a one-way bet for the last 12 years, it's probably less of a one-way bet now because mm. we, we are confronting an economic recovery. And it is a less certain bet, and that's why you know stock markets have just paused a little bit. Commodity prices have come off a little bit, but what's interesting is at the same time is that the ten-year U.S. bond yield is trending lower. Now, if you really thought inflation was coming, you wouldn't expect the U.S. ten-year to trend down from one point seven to to one point five percent. So, quite what that means, well, I guess one, it means the Fed's probably doing a good job of talking out of both sides of its mouth at the same time. Two, it probably means that QE is, is still running flat out and is, is doing what it's supposed to do, which is massage mm-hmm. down bond yields. And three, maybe it just means that the bond market is a little bit nervous that if the Fed does start to talk a hawkish game, there could be a, a, a dislocation in equity markets because you have seen things like IPO start to cool down, SPAC mm-hmm. start to cool down, crypto start to cool down. Uh, and this is actually very similar to what happened in 06 or 07 when commodity prices were roaring and inflation was quite high at 4 or 5%. Bond yields actually fell and it was going like, does the bond market know that we done? Funnily enough, quite a lot, as it turned out in 2006 7 because what happened in 2007 9 really wasn't very pleasant at all. So no. I'm not saying that's going to be an action replay now, but it is intriguing that the bond market is marching to the, its own beat and not to the beat to the one that the stock yes. market is marching to, which is inflation is coming to the bond market either doesn't agree or has been coerced into not agreeing by central banks. So let's just keep a very close eye on that because generally speaking, 
the bond market's record on getting these things right is a bit better than that of the stock market. But equally, at the moment, the bond market is a play. Well, some would argue is being manipulated, might therefore be giving out signals that are not as perhaps as reliable as they once could have been. Russell, thank you very much indeed. I've been in conversation with Russ Mould, Investment Director of AJ Bell, looking at the financial outlook for personal investors. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio.